Spoiler alert. Slash the Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Oh, Lance, we better get started. Why is that? I've seen enough horror movies to know any weirdo wearing a mask is never friendly. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Slash's Paradise. Oh, my goodness. Let's start it off. Friday the 13th. Part six. Jason lives. And hell yeah, he lives. He is resurrected in Slasher's Paradise. Yay, Jason. Folks, thank you for coming back. Yeah, after the debacle of uh, part five. Not on our part. No, we did our best. I think quite uh, heroically. (laughs) We are heroes. (laughs) We're heroes of our own... Uh, minds, I suppose. <laughs> sure. But yeah. I'll tell you this. Whether you guys came back or not, the people who were going out to the theaters in 1986 did not come back for no. this film. They had had enough. They had been fooled once. They were not going to be fooled twice. So the producers had told the creator or the, produ- the, the higher up producers had told the lower producers continue with Jason after part four where you obviously killed him and make part five and they tried to and they did a horrific job at that yes creating not only a stupid story but making it to where there was no Jason now the difference between that and Halloween three the backlash was still the same people wanted Jason people wanted Michael the difference is you can look at Halloween three today and appreciate it as a good horror movie yes you can look at halloween sorry friday the 13th part five today and look at it as a shitty horror movie yes that's the difference yes in revisiting these movies there's nothing redeemable about okay maybe something small in the very minutia of ways is redeemable part five right Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Oof. Just just a jer wolf moment. And it's probably Corey Feldman's cameo, honestly. Yeah. But now we are here in part six. The producers have said, we hear you. We're sorry. Let us bring Jason back. The audience said, fuck you. Yeah. We don't believe you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, they had a hard time filling seats well, for this movie. There's another big difference in Halloween 3 and, and Friday 5. And it's the fact that you gave us a fake Jason. You didn't give us fake Michael. You said That's Michael's true. off the table. Yeah. Michael's, Michael's not in this, in this. He's not even in this world. He'll, but the thing is, that I think what, but they didn't, they teased. How's this? In the trailers of Halloween 3, they never said Michael's not here. They just said, come see Halloween 3. Right. So that that was a little bit of the okay. let astray. Okay, but we saw a fake Jason in Friday Five. You know Correct. what I mean? Like Correct. it's an even bigger slap in the face, I believe. This imposter Jason with no real story. I would like Jason if that were Jason, but it is not. It is an imposter, an impostore. They like that. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It was an imposter, Jason. So now part six from the get go from oh, frame one. Yes, we are dealing with a better, more attuned, akin to what we know from the Friday movies. A nice swamp setting with the with the you know uh, storm clouds just I, right off the bat uh, boom it's different though it's like i i kind of said it to you like it's like a, a tales from the crypt story you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's you said gothic and that's exactly what it is it's this great gothic looking graveyard and all this kind of stuff danny we're getting way ahead of ourselves we are though. we are we are but as you may or may not know from our voices and our jump at and excitement we are very much fans of this movie so buckle in folks we have a lot to talk about yes even though this is the shortest film out of all i can't believe that that's crazy yeah i mean this one's actually a fun ride but danny give us our pumpkin spice latte for friday the 13th part six jason lives friday 13th part six jason lives pumpkin spice latte by danny gonzalez the editorial Jason has been resurrected from his grave where he has been rotting and filled with maggots by a reformed and released from mental institution, Tommy Jarvis, who 
needs closure by burning Jason's corpse to ash so that he can stop hallucinating. He, in that moment of digging up Jason, stabs him with a rot iron rod and a storm hits and Jason is electrified and resurrected. So now camp is open coincidentally at the same time. And Jason has now returned to not only deal with Tommy, but return to Camp Crystal Lake and deal with whoever's there as well. Beautiful. In our breakdown, the movie was released on August 1st, 1986. Our budget was $3 million, so we've added another million dollars to our budget this year. Unfortunately, our box office was only $19.4 million. Ow. Uh, I blame that solely on what you did with five and the smack in the face. A lot of people out there will blame it on the lack of nudity in this one, but no, we'll get to that in a minute. 100% <laughs> five's fault. Um, written and directed by Tom McLaughlin and starring Tom Matthews, Jennifer Cook, David Kagan, Renee Jones, Darcy Damas, and Tony Goldwyn. That's right. So... Like we said, hot start, something really fun and a little different. We're not directly at the camp, but we're in this great cemetery, just a fun looking scene, like so different from five. Yeah. And kind of different from four and three and all the way back, but something familiar as well. There is definitely a familiarity with this um but right away we see that this jason is a little bit more vicious and um but the camp aspect is back and not only that there's something unique about this movie yes that no other friday has and that is children children are actually at camp we've actually because jason was dead buried in the cemetery mm -hmm. the camps were actually able to open <laughs> well they changed the name of the area from crystal lake to forest green yes so they have been far removed from jason he has definitely been in the coffin uh not cremated as they said in part five so jason has been buried and has been rotting and now resurrected so not only is he going to be a different type of killer because he is got electricity running through his <laughs> veins um the director tom mclaughlin is a fan of gothic horror mm -hmm. more so the monsters um and this is definitely from frankenstein being electrified being brought to life so there is going to be an element of jason that is stronger faster smarter you know he's going to be more vicious right off the bat so the kills in this movie i think are the most uh so far I think so. Yeah, we're at like 19. 19 kills in a installment is pretty it's I mean it it, it, it technically ties new beginning okay. but yeah. But what this does different than a new beginning and well by the way is that the kills are extra, they're thought out. Yes. They're creative. I think that they're you know, very unique in the sense of the way he, not one person gets killed the same way where we saw that in five. So many people were getting their throats slit in this one. There is so many different deaths. Someone gets bent backwards yeah. all the way. That one I will never forget. Someone no. gets their head come turned completely around and ripped off. Uh, your imagination is the kill because someone gets killed so badly that all you see is a cabin full of blood. Uh, another person gets their head pushed through yes. the side of an RV that it leaves an imprint through the metal. I mean, but there's another double Im impalement. There's a know? double impalement. There's yes. a, an impalement javelin throw. Yeah. There's a oh oh um the one uh with um with Horshack. Uh, <laughs> they oh uh, yeah Kano. Jason punches him through the chest and yeah. takes out his heart. So many cool, awesome moments. But also right off the bat, what we notice, better acting, better characters. Better yeah, better characters because 
what we said about five was there's just like cannon fodder, right? There's just a bunch of random people you don't know anything about. This one actually adds an entire group of people out in the woods and you know their story right away. All they are basically is cannon fodder yet again, but they're likable characters. You know what their story is. You know why they're in the woods and they get taken out immediately. And then there's another group of people. The The double impalement is actually another group of people just having a picnic out in the, the safe woods because right. Jason's gone. Yeah. And, and that's having like a nice little engagement picnic. It's, it's anyway, it's fantastic. And Danny's getting sentimental thinking about his uh, fiance. You're, you're <laughs> getting sentimental thinking about your fiance. <laughs> mm. uh, what I love about Jason from the get go is it's a very different Jason. Once he's resurrected from his grave, I love the zombie look of Jason, the spider webs coming off of him. He's just monstrous and big and different. You know, he's so motivated to get Tommy and uh, it's just, it's such a cool new look for Jason. This movie, again, we've talked about Jason in the past. We don't get to see a whole lot of Jason until the end. This one, it's all Jason right away. You see Jason, you see what he's thinking. You see who he's looking at the whole way through. It's just the way they filmed it. It's just Kind of cool. And it was so nice. It was so nice of Tommy and Hawes <laughs> to bring the original Jason mask back to Jason. Yeah, like, perfect. you know, they just bring it as it's like not only the mask may have symbolic power. So he's going to burn it with the body. All right. that stuff is very it's very nice and obviously quite convenient. Hey, here's your mask. Here's the real one. But, uh, yeah, but the, I'm going to defend this one because I'm not he, saying anything. No, he's trying to get over it. He says, you know, burning hell kind of a thing, throws the mask down. Let's bury this son of a bitch. Like he's out of my head now. So it makes sense. Uh, it makes a lot more sense than new beginning. And I mean, uh, think about this. How, how messed up would it be if your whole existence from the time that you met Jason to this moment, you were traumatized. You were dealing with hallucinations and you say, this is the best way I can get closure and you do it and you end up resurrecting him and he attacks you again. Like, I'm sorry, the trauma. Whoa. But there's one more piece of housekeeping that we have to take. I care was of. just wait. Yeah, I was waiting for that. It's a slash word. Danny, what is slash word? Slash word is slashers paradise's take on the popular game password. Wherein, if you hear the slash word said throughout the podcast, please take a drink of your favorite beverage of choice. Now, this one's going to be a fun one. So if you would like to <laughs> take a drink of any alcoholic beverage, that'd be nice. But you don't have to. Not like five, like not like part five where we recommended it. Yes. So take a drink if you hear the slash word said, and that's what slash word is. Yes. The the fun part of this is we always have a caller, uh, usually from the franchise, but sometimes from, you know, God knows where, a different character from a different movie. So fill up your tiki cups. Danny, who is bringing us the slash word tonight? Well, the slash word being brought to us today is by someone who likes to take care <laughs> of <laughs> bodies basically he's the caretaker martin who's been looking after jason's body and the whole cemetery for a while is that now. martin or morton yes <laughs> i think it's martin all right martin you're on the line give us and our listeners a slash word of the night hey there fart heads the slash word is Tommy, that old fart head that wanted me to dig Jason up. Some people have a weird sense of entertainment. All right. Thank you very much for uh, taking care of us tonight, Martin. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> Danny, this movie has everything. It's got it all, man. It's got car chases. It has kids at camp, which mm -hmm. is new. It's got some fast-paced fast-talking deputies and sheriff. It's got some amazing comedic moments. Yes. This movie really plays into the... It plays up the comedy. Right away, when you see Jason put on his mask for the title cards, it zooms into his eyeball, and then right at, right at his pupil, another mini Jason walks in, turns to camera, and slashes like James Bond, yeah. and that's how we get the title sequence. So cool. Yeah. Uh, director Tom McLaughlin said he didn't think of it, but he was happy to see that it made it in there. Yeah, it's so fun right off the bat. And like like Friday 3, 3D, you just know like you're gonna you're in for a good time no matter what. There has beginning. to be 
not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but there has to be an element of campiness to this movie. Yes. So there is a l- difference between campiness and sleaziness. Mm-hmm. So where five brought in so much lewd, crude, bad attitude, this one brought back the fun, campy, ridiculous, also horror elements that we love and know from a Friday movie. There's different aspects. Not only it's not just campers. It's not just the kids who are at risk of being killed by Jason. You mentioned it. This area has been Jason free. Yeah. Crying free, problem free for a very long time. It's they renamed it and stuff. So freaking Tommy had to go and resurrect Jason <laughs> and ruin everything. There is a company retreat paintball yes. mission happening in the woods and it's just a group of awesome improv actors that are just having the time of their life they're all friends with the director right. so it was a lot of fun they're doing paintball there's a cool moment because one of like i guess like the weaker looking members of the troop is the last one left standing basically with jason and shoots jason square in the chest great shot yeah shoots him square in the chest with the paintball and it hits jason and it stops him he stops and he looks down at the paint and it's probably (laughs) one of the more human elements of acknowledgement that jason has done even though this is the furthest departure from human self yeah well to date you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, he's definitely not a human right now. He's there's something funny because we, we got to make the divide of the Jason's right. So one through four, there's kind of like the simpleton version of him where mm-hmm. he's just kind of goofy and like, Whoa, what, what, you know, and there's something more in tune and smarter. Like you said, bigger, badder, yep. smarter. There is something a little smarter or different, more human about him in this zombie form, which doesn't totally make sense, but I love it. And the director and producers themselves don't, care too much for the zombie term or phrase they right were like well we never really thought of that we never it was not something that was on our radar to create that but yes we did resurrect him and he is he has been dead and now he's a walking dead uh-huh. oh no Sorry. please oh, i'm God. scarred <laughs> congratulations anyway oh, uh, <laughs> how dare you oh no um, so we have a Definitely a more menacing Jason. We're not going to say that he's all making jokes and shit, but he's definitely going to acknowledge certain things that, that he hasn't before. There's a head tilt that he's incorporated. Yeah. Uh, who's the one that the actor that plays Jason again? Um, CJ. Sorry. CJ. I think it's uh, Graham. Graham. Thank you. CJ Graham, ladies and gentlemen, is. The actor who plays Jason, and I believe he's the last actor right before Kane Hodder takes over. Yes. Uh, for the most part. Kane Hodder is the one that everyone knows and is synonymous with playing Jason. So CJ Graham is this new Jason. He does a, a great job, uh, but there is some things about this Jason that I don't like like. Like what? His utility belt. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, but this Jason, like I said, bitter, bigger, better, better, stronger, smarter, tends to pick up and collect things as he goes along. Yes. He finds a machete from the paintball group in the forest. He also picks up one of those guys had a utility belt, gloves that Tommy dropped. He's just like picking up things. Yeah, I think he could have stopped at one point. It's almost like you put, I'm going to wear all your clothes sort of thing. Yeah, I don't understand the gloves because he's never worn gloves once. You got mm-hmm. the great like zombified hands. And, excuse me for saying zombie, but it's a technicality at this point. Zombie. But I'm like, OK, I don't get the gloves. The utility belt had no use for whatsoever. So I, mean, I think he does pull out like a mini harpoon at one time or something like yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm just. But I, the Jason himself, and there was a, there's one scene where there's a different person playing the Jason who was actually fired because he was too large. Um, but the Jason himself, I think, portrays it pretty well. This is the new version of Jason, and I dig it. No running, but fast-paced walking. Yeah. Walking with a purpose. Yes. Very much fashion, 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 hit it, fashion. It kind of reminds me of Michael in Halloween 6, the, the trot between the, the yeah. two houses. 
There's definitely something there. And that was George Wilbur, right? Right. So I do like this walk of Jason, although preferably part four is my favorite Jason. But there's just something about... I think this is where it came in about the stereotype of a slasher. He's always walking. How does he always catch me? Well, if he walks like this, <laughs> he will catch you because he's walking with a goddamn purpose. Always. Yeah. And, well, and the funny thing is, like I've said before, is you never really see Jason going point, point A to point B. You know what I mean? He kind of shows up. You might see like his legs, his arms or something. And he is stalking, but you don't see him. And this one, you see him going point A to point B. You see him stalking the woods. And it is like you said, like it's or like we both said at this point is Camp Crystal Lake has been Jason free for years, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes. So now he's like, I'm, I'm spreading out. <laughs> like I'm taking over my woods again. Yeah. I mean, it's a brave new world essentially for him. He's like, whoa, all these people thought they could just like chill here. Yeah. Uh-uh. You're listening to Dead Candy, dedicated entertainment for the dead. Hola, ghoulos! It's me, Raul El Ghoul. And I'm coming to you to ask you, follow me on El Instagrams at Raul El Ghoul or in Espanol. Raúl El Ghul. Anyway, I am the newest creature feature ghost host with the most. I know all the things of his spooky things and that's the story I'm sticking to it. If you want to laugh, you can come there too because if I wasn't called El Ghul, I'd be called Raúl El Funny. Follow me on El Instagrams at Raúl El Ghul. Hey, when it comes to ghosts, hosts, and spooky stuff, you could do a lot worse than Raul, but it doesn't get much better. <laughs> Don't be a stupid. Be a gulo. Adios. What I do appreciate is the law enforcement or the authority in this movie. Yes. I love the sheriff and the deputy, but they do have this sort of fast pace talk sort of like guff it's a like there's always these like zingers and these yeah, like yeah. one-liners um but sheriff garris who is important in the sense because he knows about tommy he knows about obviously the past and he's dead set on making sure that forest green maintains its calmness and its crime-free zone era or whatever he is intent on making sure that happens well tommy is like i'm sorry i messed up i resurrected jason nobody wants to believe him obviously but sheriff garris is not gonna let tommy ruin anyone's party right he's Mm -hmm. like i have a nice clean town here and i want to make sure that i keep it that way so he's always like trying to like bust up tommy and like threaten him but it's the way (laughs) it's the way that sheriff garris uh threatens him it just makes me laugh like ah there's this one quote oh yeah he's like that is what we call in the books is screwing the pooch iron this punk it's (laughs) shit like that that just like makes me laugh so much because i'm like you mean put him in the cell, right? What does <laughs> yeah. that mean? Iron this punk. Yeah. There's a lot of those little lines here and there, but there's a seriousness about him. There's something kind of cool about him. Like hey, he's a good sheriff. You Hit, know? The <laughs> Hit the cherries. Hit the yeah. Uh, was it play the sound or play the? play the the sound and hit the cherries yeah, or something oh, like that. It's, it's just like it's it's great. It's yeah. old timey cop talk. It's just it's hilarious, but it fits. Yeah, I I. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. We're watching at the same time. And Jason just did this creepy move where he's about to kill Martin, the caretaker in the woods. And this couple who's just hanging out or having their little picnic and about to get it on, quite frankly, stumble upon him. And he's mid machete chop. And he just turns his whole body to the couple. And it's terrifying because 
It's like when Michael stares at you. It's a blank face, yeah. emotionless face and yeah. the hockey eyes, you know, the goalie's <laughs> eyes, whatever. So what I'm saying here is it's like that was it's little things like that that I appreciate about this actor playing Jason for real. Yeah, I love I love catching the killer in the act and them having that moment. like, Oh, shit. <laughs> you yes. caught me. You caught me on my best, I guess. For all the grief you've given me, you should be leaving wearing your balls as earrings. And if I ever see you around here again, you can guarantee it. Dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not putting him on the level, but can you imagine the fucking team of him, Garrus, yeah. Meeker, Meeker, and <laughs> Bracket? Holy wow. Like, Garrus would be the one just zingering everybody, right? Man, yeah. Bracket would be the one probably shooting because, you know, I think he's a good shot. Well, no, actually, would, Meeker would be the better shot. Bracket would be the one just like coordinating everybody. Where are you? Right. And Meeker, I imagine, would kind of go at it with Garris a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. You know that, what I mean? Those are two alphas, man. I think Bracket would be the one trying to calm him down. Yeah, he but just tell like him to guy. shut up, you know? Yeah. And, like, this is my All thing. Right. Yeah. So you let him out. Anyway, that's <laughs> definitely crossing team, the though. universes. Holy yeah. hell yeah, man. Woof. And Tom Atkins in My Bloody Valentine 3D. Ah, uh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, we right. got off track a little bit, folks, but. That's what we do here in the paradise. <laughs> this we is slash and relax, paradise. man. Let's compare all these characters. Let's have a little showdown. So Jason definitely has an agenda. He is looking for Tommy, really, I think, but he's mainly going to reclaim his territory. So the head counselors or the man not managers, but the uh, <laughs> directors of yes. the camp are one of the first ones to be killed. And Tony Gwynn, Tony Gwynn? Tony Gwynn? Tony Goldwyn. Of the San Diego Padres? Yes. <laughs> An awesome hitter. <laughs> Tony Goldwyn, I think, uh, who plays one of the camp directors, and you know him from Ghost. He's the shithead in Ghost, honestly. But there are little things that, amidst the horror, there are little, co- there's little comedy yeah. kind of interjected. Because, you know, the director was a part of the L.A. Mime Company. He's a he's an improv actor. He's a funny dude. He's like, it's how I would direct a horror movie. I was like, yeah, I'll make a horror movie, but I have to have comedic stuff in there. So it's like they're going to get there. You know, they come face to face with Jason. And the opening of the show was the line from his wife in the movie. And they are just on this dirt road and they run into Jason and he tries to scare him off and everything. I there's a there are a few funny lines, but the point of it all is that they both get killed in grotesque ways. The wife gets speared through the head and submerged under a mud puddle. Mm-hmm. When it happens to her, right before she's trying to offer Jason like money mm-hmm. to save her life. Well, when she gets killed, the money and the credit card falls out of her hand. It's an American Express card and just like floats on the water. And the director said, I did that because always there will be some funny guy in the audience screaming, don't leave home without it. Right. You know, it's just like, it's yeah. just like little things like that. You know, I mean, I could appreciate it because, you know, shit like that was always happening. But, you know. Yeah. It, and that's what this whole movie was kind of about. It was like it was paying homage to it was very aware of horror movies at the time. It was like we may have been a big part of why all these horror films are coming out. Now we're going to kind of pay it back to everyone else that's coming out with horror films. And there's a big uh, there's a lot of comedy to it. There's a lot of homage to a lot of other films, which is so much fun when you're aware of it, which I think these filmmakers really were. Uh, you just have a good time throughout and there's a lot of great kills. What's another difference of this one is that they had to actually amp up the violence in it because they were afraid that they're going to get a PG 13 rating rather than the usual X down to R. So we had to amp it up to get to uh, an R rating. And this actually ties in, I believe into one of your favorite kills that we were just watching a little bit ago. You said it was one of the more terrifying ones. And I feel like that was one of those things. It's the cabin. It's the cabin kill where it's just blood on the window. Right. It's Paula, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And right. Paula? I believe so. Yes. And all we get is the blood splat, but then we get Paula through the window. Yeah. I think it's the violence 
Yes. Of Jason, of his motions. It's all the stunt coordinating of that particular kill, but they throws Paula through the window. You see blood splatter first. He throws her through the window and she's hanging over, obviously dead. He pulls her back in for more. And it's the violence in which he pulls her back in her arms flail. It's so aggressive yeah. and it's only can be done or achieved that effectively. If two things, a, it was 100% real, which that would be ridiculous or two or B <laughs> two. We li- I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to go home alone <laughs> on you. Uh, or B it was two really well-trained stunt actors. Right. The point of it all is to say that that just scared me so much because of the violence of him, knowing that he is doing probably unspeakable things in there and you don't get to see it except the aftermath. You just see a cabin full of blood. You know, she's dead because right. you saw her get thrashed around, yes. but a cabin, f- walls blood everywhere it's just it's almost like your imagination is the killer and that's kind of cool huh yeah yeah and it's like you said like she's dead already she is hanging outside of the window it's him pulling her back in her arms flail up and pull shreds of the window back inside and he's still not done Mm -hmm. it's insane you know this is a different kind of jason he's really enjoying what he's doing and nobody can fucking hurt him no and he's very very powerful um you could shoot him. You can. He could survive an RV crash. Really, oh, such a great shot. Let's talk about that scene for a minute because if you all are watching this, two things about the RV scene: you have Court and uh, his lady of the night with him. I believe her name is Annette, Annette. and they are having fun in an RV. But Excuse if you me, look, Nikki is her name. You're excused. Nikki. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki and Court are getting it down in the RV to, you know, rock and roll. And the actress playing Nikki is named Darcy DeMoss. This is important because Darcy auditioned and was supposed to get the role of the big-breasted woman in part five who gets killed with the shears in the eyes in the woods something happened obviously that she didn't it didn't go to her she ended up getting this part yes and she kills it she's awesome but the reason that i think it's kind of interesting or mostly interesting in the sense of like movie royalty or lineage or whatever court played by tom fridley Mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. Is he's got a lot of he reminds me of somebody like Oh, who might that be? <laughs> he reminds me of a young John Travolta. And do you know <laughs> why that is? Why is that, Danny? That's John Travolta's nephew. <laughs> and that's so cool. But at, Throughout the whole movie, he has little Travolta isms. He does. Right now when he's driving the RV and uh, Nikki is dying basically in the uh, restroom because Jason is going to force her face through the side of the wall and imprint it. The amount of force, my gosh. But the how they achieved that, that was really cool. She said it was plastic underwater that they shot in slow-mo and then sped it up. Oh, wow. It was really cool. Okay. Um, so Jason, fresh off of killing Nikki in the bathroom of the RV, is stalking court Right. Coming right behind him. And what's funny is how he's jamming out. It's just something about Travolta's dancing in a, in a movie. Yes. But he never, ever senses him. I just don't. I, I, I hate that. I hate that some characters don't have peripheral vision. He has a rear view mirror one. But two, <laughs> do you think Jason smells nice? Uh- <laughs> I would pick Dude, up on that smell right away. He is rocking out to his music. He's yelling at his girl. And for a big truck, this isn't bad at all. And like that is Travolta, man. And he's making fun of her for being on the in the bathroom for so long. Like hey, Nikki, what are you doing in there? Taking a dump? I love this shot. So Jason takes care of business, kills Court, crashes the RV, and comes out like a fucking champion just skate yes the the rv's on its side it's on fire there's smoke coming down from the inside and jason just comes out like what's up yeah like i'm a new i'm a new man or whatever the hell i am now so triumphantly on top of that rv it's it's an art piece like i want that poster you know it's such a great artistic shot you know what lance i'm gonna i'm gonna paint it for you 
Oh, please do. I can't paint. Well, you can try. I'll take it. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it on the fridge. Aw. Yeah, that would be Dad. sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but we've mentioned Court being, you know, this cool little rocker Travolta kid. Yes. We talked about Nikki. There are a couple of other camp counselors. More importantly, Megan is one of the camp counselors who's sticking out. She has everything written on her that she's going to be the final girl. She's blonde and she's just being billed and written as the lead. But Megan is important because she's Sheriff Garris's daughter. Yeah, of course. As an extra element to all this all. So you have Tommy Jarvis, you have Sheriff Garris and his deputy, and you have Megan who are all kind of intertwined in a weird way. Sheriff Garris wants to beat the shit out of Tommy. <laughs> Megan is kind of sympathetic to him, but also has the hots for him because she's a, you know, she's kind of a, a rebel girl. She likes to go for the bad boy sort of thing. Right. But there is something else in there. It's not just that because if she was doing that just to be a bitch about it, it wouldn't, it's, it would play differently. She's doing it jokingly, but you can tell that she kind of, feels for Tommy and wants to help him and believes him right away because he comes in spouting all this nonsense to other, I mean, to everyone that Jason's alive. I resurrected him. Like if somebody came in yelling that shit, like it's tough, but I do like that. She kind of is the one that's going to try and help Tommy and, or believe him, whether it's shrouded in the veil of her having the hots for him or not. It doesn't matter. (laughs) There's something about that trio of characters that reminds me so much of the Halloween series, like Halloween four, Halloween five, which actually came out after these, but there's something so familiar about these characters. It's almost like they fit in the Halloween world. I believe so. Yeah. The eighties, nineties Halloween world a little bit better. Um, but it's cool. It adds such a different dynamic. We have the camp. We have the the kids at the camp. We have all these different characters. We have these guys that are kind of run, running around and add a different kind of seriousness to it. So it's cool. It's fun. It's different. It I, is. It is really. Um, we got to talk a little bit about Tommy. Okay. There's a new actor playing Tommy Jarvis. This is now the third actor to play him. Uh, but it's played by Tom Matthews, yes. who right before this had an amazing part in a huge cult classic, Return of the Living Dead, yes. which is one of my favorite movies, honestly. I love this that movie. And he just plays basically the, the character that's going to catch the audience up. Yeah. He's being told the story uh-huh. in the movie about Return of or Night of the Living Dead and the whole Living Dead world. In this one, he's Tommy Jarvis. And what I like about his character is that he's he knows how silly he sounds, but mm-hmm. he's always trying to do something to do the right thing to fix it. Buying books on the occult, figuring out ways to kill Jason because obviously, you know, normal conventions aren't going to work. But even though the sheriff wants to wear his balls as earrings, <laughs> he's always trying to get the sheriff involved. Like, hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. So that's how he gets Megan's help, because right. there have been some killings. The sheriff thinks that Tommy is trying to prove that he's not crazy and that Jason is back. So the sheriff suspects it's Tommy takes off when he calls the office, talks to Megan. And when we mentioned that this movie has it all lands. Yes. I did mention car chases. Yes, you did, Danny. What Jason Friday the 13th movie has a f- awesome car chase just like thrown in there. I mean, it's a good flick. Dude. It is. It's all it's like all over the place in the best way. It gives you something for everyone. <laughs> it really does. And it I, I think that it takes it takes its time with the with the characters before they die. You kind of feel for all of them. You kind of know which ones are going to uh, maybe last a little bit longer. But even then, I don't think any death really hurts that much. I mean, Court kind of strikes you in a funny bone because he, he's trying to lead the the boys on this like Boy Scout. Yeah, remember, never forget there are kids there. So like that's a yeah. huge thing. They also have to protect these kids. But dang, you're watching this movie and you're like, okay, four counselors. Jason's already killed one at the, to this point. He's definitely going to kill two more. That is a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Are they going to break that unspoken rule? And is he just going to, is he going to kill these kids? Yeah. Because he definitely scares the shit out of them. Yeah. There's this one girl named, uh, one little girl named Nancy who... Some people think that it was named after uh, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street because she has nightmares 
in the movie, but she's the only one that does see Jason. You're kind of thinking it the whole time. He's offing everybody and yeah. it's, it, it's pointing to that end. He's like, you're thinking, oh shit, he's killing all the counselors and he's just going to end up killing all these kids. Yeah. And that's terrifying. <laughs> it is. I remember watching this as I was a kid and I just think like Jason must identify as a kid, right? Like, I don't know if he was ever bullied. We don't know that until Jason, Freddy versus Jason, right? So yes, that was yes. later canon kind of, sort of. So it's really on the the camp counselors and any adult in the area. So as a kid, when I was watching this, I was like, no, he identifies with the kids. He's one of them. You know, he is a camper. So, you know, I've also heard that uh, there's the idea that the whole uh, mongoloid aspect of him wasn't even a thing, really. It was like, it wasn't that, that wasn't, intended it was just what was imagined by alice in the original that he did look like that like that jason for all intents and purposes looked normal i've like that was something that was said in crystal lake memories for real that they were like well this was that was never like our intention is to make him look like that he could have just been a normal kid who happened to drown huh yeah i know that changes a lot it like it just makes him look different but for the most part that makes sense that she would make him look like that in a dream because, you know, it's scary. Yeah, but then we have three, two, three. I understand. Four, I'm talking about six. from the beginning, man. <laughs> no, I, I understand yeah. that. So, like, so, <clears throat> so about uh, it's about the bullying aspect, you know? Yeah. If you take out Freddy versus Jason, we really don't know if he drowned because they were just neglect, neglecting him mm-hmm. or he drowned because he wasn't. A very good swimmer. There it is. So, yeah. Are these kids going to get it? It's really tough. You're, they're not pissing you off, so you don't want them to. They're all pretty much sweet. But something is definitely pointing in the direction that Tommy is going to have to be the one to deal with Jason. There was a lot of this back then of like the, the hunter of the slasher kind of a thing. And Rob from four was actually intended to be more so of that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we even dropped that in on the episode, but he had like hunting gear and tracking gear for oh, Jason yeah. Yeah. that they got rid of. Um, there's like another character and I hope one of our listeners remembers the character before I post it, but, uh, they did a comic book series about this character as a female character went and collected something from all the slashers that she took down. Oh really? Yeah. It was really, I can see the art in my head. I cannot see her name, but she would go like town to town. She'd go to camp crystal lake. She'd go to Hattonfield. She'd go, that's uh, fun. Yeah. So she would collect like a little memento. So she, so she had like Jason's mask and Freddie's glove and all this kind of stuff. So this was like a big theme later in the eighties of like, okay, somebody's going to go and and, and hunt the slashers and the monsters and all this kind of stuff. Um, I so think it, that, that would be freaking awesome. There's a lot of themes in like four five and six that just kind of carry on. It's like the essence of Jason being carried on and, somebody hunting Jason and they're not totally over delivered. They're just kind of there, you know? Well, I think if you're going to keep on making installments of Friday the 13th, you're going to have to up the ante each time, right? Uh, Yeah. Well, for this one, they got the whole enchilada, right? (laughs) Because not only did they get these awesome effects, these awesome kills, they brought in a very heavy rock and roll presence to this movie. Oh, yes. Because they enlisted the services of one Alice Cooper yes. to <laughs> write a couple of songs for the soundtrack. So uh, three songs in particular were uh, actually, uh, yeah, three songs were played, but one specifically was written for the for the uh, movie, and right. it's uh, he's back, the man behind the mask. I remember the music video. Yeah, it was like part of the movie, and then he even had the mask on. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's a huge horror nut, man. Huge, yes. I mean, he obviously was in this as far as like the music, but we also know that Alice Cooper was Freddy's dad, dad. <laughs> <laughs> in Part Six of Nightmare on Elm Street. So how cool is that, man? I mean, what a what a guy. But okay, car chase. <laughs> huge car, huge huge car chase. Yes. Megan is trying to help Tommy. Uh, Tommy's like, I just need, I need to get some supplies. We don't know what they are. I don't know if it was like commando style where they broke into the, you know, 
hardware store and he, rocket launcher and he got all that stuff. That's what I imagined it was, but it was just stuff like a chain and a boulder and shit. Right. Well, they get back to the camp and they realize everyone has been dead, destroyed, death, right? Sheriff Garris is definitely coming around, I think, to know that something's up. But when he goes to the camp, he still thinks it's Tommy. He's right, still right. looking for Tommy. Yeah. And it isn't until Nancy kind of startles him and, you know, is out of her cabin because she's running and she has been seeing Jason all night. But when she runs up to him, um, he's already seen one of the other deputies, you know, uh, dead on the floor. Jason and him come face to face. Well, Sheriff Garris is packing. <laughs> if anyone has ever shot a shotgun... You can't shoot that thing at point blank range without doing some major friggin' damage. Yeah. Well, Jason meets him point blank range and Sheriff Garris blasts the shit out of Immediately. him. Immediately. Like he gets him really good square yeah. in the chest. The thing about this is Jason is so invincible at this point with normal conventions of death. It's almost like I think he's playing possum with the sheriff. <laughs> Each time. Yeah. Because he's laying on the ground and he gets up and the sheriff shoots him again and he gets up and the sheriff shoots him again and he just kind of lays down for a little bit. <laughs> he's just biding his time. It's annoying because eventually he's going to run out of shots and he sure does. And a revolver ain't going to do shit to Jason. So at that point, it's pretty much over for Sheriff Garris, even though he does nail him square in the friggin' head. I think that just pisses off tree trunk neck Jason, really. <laughs> tree trunk. Yeah, it does look like, right, a, tree it looks like a tree trunk. It's funny to watch this scene with that idea in your head of Jason just playing around with him because he, he does like play total possum where he just like lays on the ground and then he gets right back up. He lays on the ground. Oh, oh, he got me. He's taking a buckshot to the chest each time. Yeah. Uh, remember we talked about the weather element in yeah. all these movies. So there's no rain in this one, but there's definitely a lot of wind. Wind, yes. And just like, uh, what, two, the wind kind mm -hmm. of played it up and was a lot of fun. And I said this about, what, four, where I was like, it's raining, but it's more of a background thing. Yep. Four. Uh, just no, we just the uh, policy. <laughs> just saw the scene where uh, Megan comes to the cabin and sees it full of blood. And what's so sad about this moment, too, is that you feel bad because even though Sheriff Garris has been a jerk to Tommy the whole time, he's just doing his job, really. But he's <sighs> Megan is looking for him and she's screaming out for her daddy. And it's like mm, it's, it's yeah. it hurts because you can see we can see in real time that he's being heavily pursued by Jason and. You just don't know what's going to happen. You don't want, and that's that is what we mean about characters that matter. Like, yes, absolutely. Sheriff Garris was a very well thought out character, and here he is running away from Jason, and you don't want him to die. No. I don't. No, I don't want any of these this trio of characters to die. I want them to continue on. You know, I want Tommy to go. I want Megan to, to live. And, and Megan gathers the kids, the kids that we were so worried about this whole time. She, you know, kind of plays hero for them, gathers them up, tries to get them out of here. But then we have the cat and mouse game, which is so much fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm just listening. Okay. Uh, Jason playing cat and mouse in the woods. This is something that, again, is like we see it over and over, but it's shot differently. We see yeah. Jason a lot more in this, this version of it. I think... What's, again, so kind of heart-wrenching about this whole moment is because, for the most part, Sheriff Garris has been the, trying to be the protector for not every, not just everybody, but obviously Megan. Yeah. And it must be terrible for him knowing that Megan is trying to, you know, be around Tommy and the sheriff is convinced that Tommy's the killer. Well, the sheriff has led Jason pretty far and Jason can't find the sheriff. He's looking for him and the sheriff is pretty much got away from Jason and Jason's kind of like looking around for him. And it's, sh it's shown that, you know, the sheriff is going to survive really. Mm -hmm. But once Megan is at the camp, she's looking for her dad. She opens the patrol car and out flies a friggin' head of her <laughs> yeah. friend. She starts screaming for her dad and that, that gets Jason's attention mm -hmm. and he comes back that way. And you just see it on the sheriff's face knowing that Jason is going to go straight for her and he has to save her and die in the process. Right. He knows he's going to die. Yep. It's just a sad moment because that's just the protector. And he just screams, comes out of his hiding place, says, no, not her tackles. Jason 
and gives gives him a good what's for man. Like he beats the shit out of him, but all Jason needs he's like that old boxer. He just needs one punch. Right. Yeah. And Sheriff Garris is beating the shit out of him to the face with a boulder, kind of like on top of him. We would kill any normal man. Okay. It's a it's a great acting scene because it's exactly how you would fight for your daughter. You know what yeah, I mean? Like just I mean the life of your daughter is at stake right now. And you don't give a shit about anything else. You're gonna do everything you can. So like look listen to us talking about the sixth installment of <laughs> the right? goddamn franchise, man. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about Friday the thirteenth part six, and we're talking about a moment that is like stuff of of a normal good non like cheesy horror movie and this is like you're talking about the mo- you're you're trying to save your daughter from the monster and you lay your life down right and not only do you, does sheriff garris lay his life down he lays back down very far <laughs> i want you to imagine this kill folks because this to me i think is probably the closest of like it's it's crispin glover it's uh, Judy Aronson. It's Mark from part two. Andy. Andy. And it's Sheriff Garris getting. Okay. He's strat. He's on top of Jason on like straddling him and beating him senseless with a boulder to the head. And Jason just reaches up from lane from a lane down position, puts his hands on the sheriff's pretty much chest and keeps pushing back until he can't push anymore. And the sheriff literally gets bent in half. Yeah. Completely in half. It is so hard to watch. And the sounds, it's like crackles. Yeah. It's like great, great sound. It's something that we said is like almost every Friday has a signature kill that you can remember. A good one does. This one was the first where it was just like over the top, over the top, over the top. And it's like, you can pick and choose whichever one you want as your signature kill because all of them are really good. Yep. And yet this one struggled to get the, the R rating. You That's know what I mean? Crazy, like crazy dude. That's crazy because like there are head, de- there are decapitations, right? There are, um, heart fatalities. <laughs> I'm talking about there's, there's a lot to go on here. Maybe they should have just included nudity. Oh, have we not mentioned? Growing up, this may have not been my favorite because I was a little pervert and I appreciated a good little nudity scene in my Jason movies. This one had zero of them. No. Uh, But, but, but it's come to it. It's the final moment. Tommy is going to face his demon or demons and he has created this situation where he's on a boat with a boulder that is a... that. With, with a, a huge chain that is attached to a boulder. So he is ask, he's drawn Jason out into the lake because it is something that he read in the books of the occult right. on how to deal with something that has risen from the dead. You have to kill it by the, the means that it died in the first place. So, you like that? I like that. It was well done. <laughs> Very well done. So he's going to... He has uh, asked Jason <laughs> politely to come out to the lake <laughs> by saying things like, Come on! you pussy <laughs> and jason's i love how jason's like yeah okay i know what that means yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't insult me <laughs> i'm gonna get you now so i also didn't know this but if we're if you're watching this in real time tommy has just put a ring of fire around basically his boat and but it burns, i didn't know burns, that it burns oh sorry go ahead i didn't know that you that that, that i didn't know that at the time the gas just can sit on top of the oh, water. Yeah. It separates. Yeah. yeah. So that's really cool, you know. But Jason has gone underwater and Tommy's just waiting for him. He sees bubbles on one side. He's ready to throw this chain link over Jason's head. Well, Jason gives him the oop de oop and pops on the <laughs> other side. And there's a struggle, and Tommy's really trying, really trying to put that chain link on. And Jason's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. You can't get it. You can't get it. <laughs> it's such a cool shot with the fire going on. And it's just amped up. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just feels like a bigger production than anything we've had before. I mean, technically, budget-wise, it is. I mean, and then they do like a like a a, a wide shot of it, and it mm. looks even cool, even from far away. Yeah. Even though like the fire looks smaller, obviously from far away, but 
Tommy, you know, eventually frees himself. He's ready. He's got the chain link and Jason is now underwater. He's like, "Uh uh-uh. If I can't pull you in, we're all going down. That's right. So Jason jumps like the dolphins at SeaWorld out of the water and collapses the boat with him and basically Tommy. But now Jason has the link over his head. It's it's on now, dog. He's uh he's screwed. If Tommy can get loose and get free, oh, Jason is going to stay down at the bottom tied to that boulder and drown. Except he grabs a hold of Tommy as Tommy's trying to leave. The fun part about this we just saw was that the Camp Crystal Lake has is at the bottom of the lake. And it says Camp Blood on it. Somebody graffitied over. Oh, yeah. It's so it's such a cool little thing. Like, you really took care of the story on this, of bringing the story back. Yeah, because that happened in part two, I believe, that that's the Camp Crystal Lake had been spray painted Camp. Oh, no, yeah. one, one. In part one. Yeah, right? in part yeah. one, it had already been spray painted Camp Blood. So Jason, who cannot escape, apparently, because he can't undo a chain. He's so strong, but he cannot undo a chain link around that's his neck. a net. thick chain, though. That's like a boat chain. Oh, you know right. What I mean? All right. Come he's on, a, look at that chain. He punched through a guy's chest, man. But that's not a chain. What bones yeah, all break? All he has to do is pull down him, pull himself down. He apparently can live underwater forever. Pull himself down, get some slack, loosen it up, baby. Okay, I would. <laughs> anyway, just so like kudos to Tommy because you know, like uh, I'm just thinking, like how the hell would I put a chain on Danny's head? To sink him to the bottom of a lake right now. I'm just saying hypothetically, Danny. Don't look at me like that. It's okay. I have a big head. Um, but I, I'm like, there's going to be some close contact. Yeah. You're going to, you know, you're going to get after me. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that was what happened to Tommy. Jason got close to him, made sure that he strangled, he did. He strangled uh, Tommy underwater to, you know, make sure that he didn't go. And then Megan sees Tommy floating. So she tries to go save him. But there's Jason to grab her. So he's definitely alive under there, not dying at all. So it's not going to be just a drowning that's going to take care of this dude, is it? No. What are they going to need to do? What do you need to do? What are they going to need to do? <laughs> Chop his damn head off. Yeah, they're going to have to turn on the <laughs> propeller. And it's Megan. So playing back into the, the final girl gets the final blow. You know what I mean? She puts the propeller <laughs> of the boat straight into his fucking face and pretty much propels him to death. And that's so great is because in the last few installments, I mean, maybe the killer comes back, but then it's one more stab to the head or he falls over or something like that. But this just amps up more and more and more and more. And then we get the iconic this has become iconic as Jason, you know, sitting chained up at the bottom of a lake, you know, so iconic that somebody actually recreated this in real life. I, I think for, it was in Minneapolis. I think or it's Minnesota. In, yeah. It's in Minnesota somewhere, I believe. Yeah. It's um, lake that- somebody actually made a statue, put the chain and the rock at the bottom of a lake with a Jason mask on it. And you can actually dive down there and people have, I would shit my pants if I went diving and saw Jason at the bottom of a lake, but that's just me. Let me tell you a quick story about even dive. if I knew it was fake. Right. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Let me tell you a quick story about diving into lakes. Okay. Don't freaking do that. Why? Uh-huh. Cause you can't see under there. No lakes are not crystal clear. No. Maybe that one was cause no. it was called crystal lake. Yes. But lakes, for the most part, are muddy. Let me tell you a quick story. There was this. There's this lake from back home where I'm from, and this is the this is the story. This is the legend, right? Catfish can grow humongous. They okay. can grow very, very large if they're never if they aren't disturbed. Right? It's this huge lake, and the idea was that it was it's next to a dam. They were working on the damn doors, right? Anybody got these any damn bait? It's a damn damn tour guide. Uh, so the <laughs> guys were were diving. They were working on the dam, and they went down to where the trap, you know, where the doors were to, you know, release the water. And while they were like down there, they disturbed a giant catfish, and oh. they couldn't even. They knew it was a catfish, but they could not see how big it is all they knew is that okay if you're bottom of the lake and the sun's out you could at least see that the sun is still out they just looked up and it just covered (sighs) the whole sun and like swam away that's terrifying sun a giant catfish (laughs) i don't i'm terrified of that so now you're gonna put a jason attached to a chain link on you know tethered to a boulder but 
his eyes are open because yeah. he's alive, he's alive, alive. alive. He's and this is really, honestly, the first full Jason is alive cliffhanger that we've got. Really? Yeah, that's true. Because the rest of them were like, oh, no, because he's dead at one. Uh, he's dead. He's dead. They're all dreams. They're all dreams. This is the first. No, Jason's alive. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. And I appreciate like. Again, this is a new chapter of the franchise because we don't get the weird dream sequences. We don't get a bunch of throwbacks constantly and like failed attempts at throwbacks. It's just this is it. Oh, yeah. Jason's still alive and Tommy and, you know, Megan survive. That's fine. Let's leave it at that and leave Jason at the bottom of the lake and see, you know, where we go from there. So Jason lives and Paramount has officially said, we're sorry. We'll do better. (laughs) Yeah. I think they did phenomenally. Yes. I love part six. I think it's a, it's a great movie with lots of traditional aspects to what we'd appreciate, what we appreciate from Jason Friday, the 13th movies in particular. Yeah. I had a great time watching this movie. I've always enjoyed it. And I think that they finally decided here that they were going to keep Jason alive and because they knew people were going to turn out in droves. Right. To watch him. Yeah. And then they continue to recreate the wheel around him. But uh, we'll get to that next. Um, no, I mean, I I love part six, man. I I, I do, too. And it, it sets up so many elements that we will see in movies past this. And it sets up the new Jason that we get to know and love so much. It really reinvigorated Jason and Friday the 13th. And it was so cool. I think so, too. But, folks, sadly... The tale of Tommy Jarvis has come to an end. Yeah. No more Tommy. Uh, presumably he and Megan start a very traumatized life together. Maybe. You know, she, yeah. Maybe. You know, presumably. That's what I said. Uh, she lost her dad in a horrific way and he's just messed up. You know, when you're, the most part of your life has been you being this trauma victim, you know, where do you go from there? Yeah. So I think... They should con- should have continued the story with Tommy, but they can now cast a new Tommy ha- or have Corey Feldman play him. I don't care. And just, <laughs> you know, start from the end of this one. That would be fun. Are you saying like 1986 or are you saying today? Like what they did with Halloween 2018. You know, oh, Tommy, Tommy's a little older and Jason had... Jason is still at the bottom of the lake, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like you add new elements, right? The drought, right? What if they have a rainless summer and winter and fall and all the seasons, a rainless year. And the, cause he didn't go that deep into the lake. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. He's like in the deepest part, but they're pretty much close to where if the water started evaporating, we just see like the top of his head already. Yeah. But what if, but what if, but what if, but what if, the lake froze and then we go into the future by 200 years and then and then and then some people from space come down and dig him up and put him in their spaceship and resurrect him in the spaceship (laughs) Uh, okay <laughs> That's a ways away, but we'll get there because that yeah, fucking it's happened. In the future. Oh Lord! All right, I've had a great time with this one tonight. Me too. Man. Um, I hope nobody out there got too drunk with whatever our slash word was. Hey, blame Martin because Kathleen led him astray. Hey, Danny, how many machetes do you get? Friday the Thirteenth, Part Six. Jason will, lives. Uh, Jason lives. I will give it a very healthy four stars. Wow. Uh, what a spoiler. Jason lives. Hey. Hey, he's alive. He lives. Well, Halloween 4 was called The Return of Michael Myers, so I think they were just trying to like... Yeah, but I, but at the end of this one, Jason actually lives. Well, then that would be like Jason spoiler. still lives the lives. I will give this... Ooh, uh, you've given five machetes to one and four. Yes. I've given five machetes to three and six. I give oh, five machetes. I love this one. Uh, it's different, but it's so much fun. Just like three. I had a big old goofy smile on my face watching this one again. So five it is. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got it. I got it. All right. That's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your doors, bolt your windows, and wherever the red dot goes, 
Ya bang. <laughs> Join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. Yeah, for a big truck, it's not bad at all. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to facebook.com slash Fix. That's D-E-D Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.